You're listening to the Weekly Portland Podcast, a slice of city life every Monday. I'm your host, Gregory Day. On today's show, we talk with two of the founders of Mini Mini. Now, it seems as if all of Portland is talking about this place as they aim to redefine how we view a convenience store. It's a more curated experience, and they describe it as modern convenience. Quite a concept. So we caught up with the founders at the East Burnside location, the flagship store, to learn more. I'm Matt Brown. I'm one of the owners of Mini Mini. My name is Jonathan Felix Lund. I'm one of the owners of Mini Mini. And this is Dan Rosen, my associate here. Hi. How are you doing? What we want to ask you first is the vision of this store. It's a fun place. I'd like to hear it from you. Yeah, well, Mini Mini was a vision that was born four years ago. And um, wow. it came out of a conversation of what does Portland need that we can do that would actually make our lives better and make our friends' lives better? Um so we started going through talking about, well, maybe it's a, a bed and breakfast or like a hospitality house. Maybe it's, um, you know, we just were throwing out ideas. What are the things that we love? And yeah. it was while John and I were both working at Stumptown and we were working with different accounts and we were seeing upwards of 20 accounts a day and we we're always hungry. And it was like, <laughs> how do you get somewhere really, really quick, get some food and get on the move? And that was like planted the seed. I'm already addicted to the Hot Pockets, by the way. Oh, they're so good. So good. One of the many perks of being uh, partnered with the Sizzle Pie family and being able to dream big and actually execute on it. You know, Matt and I both used to work at Stumptown Coffee Roasters, and that's when we started imagining what a better convenience store could look like and started coming up with these ideas around, like, well, what would it look like? What kind of product mix would we have? Uh, What do we want it to feel like? And it's, it's so important for us to bring in some of those, like, really nice vibes like for lack of a better word from a coffee shop into a convenience store because generally a convenience store is just such a bad experience right it is, it is you know it is totally i went to plaid pantry right before this totally different experience yeah <laughs> yeah as far as the influence aesthetically of the setup of the store it's very different from every other experience as far as you know uh, going into a plaid pantry or a 7-eleven where where did the uh, inspiration come for your, you know, look of the store and the, out, the, the the layout? Well, some of it was functional. Like, one of our main uh, goals when we started talking about this is, like, how can we get rid of all the junk? You know, like, you go in somewhere and there's stacks of product out front. Like, how can we just clean it up, yes. right? The, the shelving units are a big piece of our aesthetic because shelving units, if you start researching them, there's not a lot of options and they all look gross, right? Yeah, exactly. So we worked with uh, our contractors, Deform, to come up with a custom shelving unit that would give us all the functionality we needed along with the ability to, like, the first thing you see when you come in, it wow. reframes your view of what this store is. And we want that – we want to play with that line of, like, is this a convenience store? Yeah, it's definitely a convenience store. But uh, we also are really privileged to have uh, Aaron Draplin as a part of Mini Mini, and yes. he did all the, des- you know – design work and has really helped us kind of think about what's the aesthetic of this shop and we're continuing to refine it we're going to have more like fun branded items we're going to have 
you know, we're gonna, just going to continue to like take that branding and put it all over the store, but keep it clean and uh, keep getting rid of the clutter, basically. That's so cool. And you know what? You guys have a newsletter coming out. I saw on the website. Is that a plan for the future? You're going to have. Our, our plan overall is to over-communicate about brands that we love. And so though, though we serve... Over-communicate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't... You know, it's it's easy to forget um, how much you, you love a certain beer, um, how much nostalgia is in having red vines, um, or going on a road trip and having David Sunflower seeds. And we want, we want to play that game and, and just continue to encourage people to get on to wherever they're going and do it with with a fun uh, energy um, and excitement, whether it's grabbing a six-pack of root beer and some salt and straw, like, double-fold vanilla ice cream, and, like, go home and make root beer floats. And so whether it's the newsletter or social media, like, we're going to be running all of our, like, sales only through social media. So it's if if people want to know when they can get a six dollar six pack of something really great, wow. like it's follow us um, at many many PDX, um, get on there and we're going to tell you exactly when that two hours is going to hit. What I first noticed when I come into the store is that you have boiled it down to only a few different types of beers, a few t- different types of ice cream, and you've got rid of the clutter. Right, I mean exactly. that seems very intentional. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We, we don't want any of the um, actual companies, their signage. We don't want any of those, like, big pop-ups, like, two for $3. Um, we want it to be ours. And then the other thing is we don't want any gimmicks. We have Coke, but not Pepsi, and that's on purpose. Like, we have Jones Soda on the fountain machine. Like, y- you want something awesome and sweet. Like, there it is. Um, we don't need to have one of everything. John always likes to say, like, we don't need 500 kinds of the five-hour uh, energy drink. It's so much clutter, so much junk everywhere. It's like I just saw that. I just saw that around the corner. <laughs> just as we were, you know, preparing for this store, we went into a lot of convenience stores, and what we kept having happen is you go to every section and you say, "There's something in this section I want to buy," right? Like whether it's right. chips or something yeah. salty or sweet. Anxiety. And you look and you look at you like, no, it's going to be on the next shelf, right? And you, then you you finish and there's really nothing you want, right? And so our goal was to you know, bring some products in that we'd want alongside those classic products. So we always say, Matt's always got saying it, the the classic and the rad. Those are the products we want to have for every category. We don't want we don't want to feel like a really high end store or a really low end store. We want yeah. both options. So one of the coolest things about uh, opening these last couple of weeks is seeing people walk out with a with a really amazing beer from Freem and then a packet of Hostess donuts. You know, like that. We love that contrast, right? Like that's part of the playfulness that we want to have fun with in this concept. So, so what was Aaron's role? Aaron Draplin's role in the store. Are you guys friends? Did you contact him? Did you reach out? Yeah, Aaron Draplin has been friends of the owners of Sizzle Pie, uh, Mikey and Matt, for a long time, and oh, right. and. And had been a part of their branding. Kennedy, yeah. mm-hmm. Had been a part of their branding, and uh, was already talking with them um, about this location. And we we all partnered together to, to open this up. So he was a part from the beginning, and basically told us like, "Give us a blank slate. Give me a blank slate, and I'll make it look awesome." Right. So part of our job, uh, Matt Brown and I, is is to like make this make this place work. You know, do the operations, keep people happy, figure out a great product mix. And we, we were just like, we're going to give you a blank slate, Draplin. And, and he came in and started putting his touches on everything. And he's, 
And he's going to keep doing more and more. And he's got so many ideas. And, you know, sometimes it just boils down to uh, how many of us there are to execute on it. Um, It's really incredible seeing him dream. And you're like, that's amazing. He's like, here's six more amazing ideas. (laughs) It's really fun. That's Aaron Draplin for you. You definitely see the influence in the store as soon as you walk in of his work, you know, down to the typeface signage, everything like that. Yeah, for sure. Now, can you tell me your background with Cova Coffee? Is that right? Yeah. So um, I met John when we were both at Stumptown. I was um, an account representative for Stumptown. Um, And then uh, I got the opportunity to move on and become the director of wholesale at Cova. Um, With a little bit of time, I was able to uh, get John to come on over there. Um, We did that together for a little while, and then... uh, I went on, uh, became the director of sales for Schoolhouse Electric and Supply Co., which is a lighting and lifestyle company here in Portland. Um, and when I left, John stepped into the role of not just doing sales, but the, becoming the director of operations at Cova. Between the two of us, um, we have well over 20 years in the coffee industry. It is something that, that we love and we're passionate about. Um, Absolutely. Um, one of the biggest things about COVID, and I'll, I'll let John take over, but one of the biggest things is transparency to the, the farmers and the actual producers of the coffee. It's not just about us being coffee rock stars out here. It's about how do you show honor all the way down the chain. And that was when I left Stumptown, that was the big draw was Matt Higgins, who owns Cova, is hands down one of the most impassioned people about um, what's happening farm level. And what's happening to the people that are there doing the har- some of the hardest part of he the work. He really is. He really is. And he even names his beans after the former. Yeah, Cova, I think, is one of those concepts that while it might work in other cities, like Portland's the perfect city for it. It's incredibly minimalist. The yeah. it's, it's really a tasting room in a coffee shop. And, you know, the city of Portland has embraced Cova quite well. And the quality is outstanding. And, and we're really, really happy to be able to offer Cova on trip here because we think it's the best coffee in the city. Now, the experience of going into a coffee house is where you have the personal experience, you you meet your barista, and you go in there every day, and you make a personal connection with these people. And I can see that transferring very well to this kind of store where you're forming personal relationships with the people in the store, and you're making it more personal again when you go into Plaid Pantry or other stores. You can can see that out there just right now. I mean, we just walked in the store, there's four people just having a chat. So it seems like a perfect marriage of the coffee background to this, really. Can you tell that we're fans of this place? Can you really tell? We love it. We love it here. Well, and that, that's what we were, were gambling on was it was something that we wanted so bad. And we we're like, you know what? I think Portland wants this yes. so bad. I think you're right. And I think I, I love that, that one of the first things you said was it's a fun shop. And that's what we want it to be. We want it to be fun and inviting for people and, and everyone. It doesn't have to be just young people or old people. Like, we want kids to feel welcome here. Like, we have stuff for kids. Like, bring your families in. You know, like, the goal is that, like, why does a convenience store experience have to be what it's kind of become? Uh, we, can, we can change that model and have, you know, better products and still, like, embrace this idea that we are a convenience store. Like, so many people, they try to distance themselves from that word if they're doing any kind of market or bodega as far as they can. And as we kept thinking about it, we're like, no, we're going to own this idea that we're a convenience yeah. store. We're just going to change the way a convenience store should be. That's great. That, that's great. So one of the things that uh, a local convenience store here in Portland, uh, we would go into it and we would place bets on whether or not uh, the guy behind the counter was on the phone 
and if he would speak at all during our uh, transaction. And he had a gift for being able to ring us up entirely without talking to us. And, like, that embodies everything that we don't want this place to be. We want, when you walk in, you see a smiling face looking at you, and somebody's like, hey, how's it going? And they can talk to you about a real conversation, whether it's about what they do in their free time or, or uh, what kind of options we have. But have a real, like, context yeah. to the, the interaction. Salt Straw, you've got a relationship with Salt Straw. I want to want you to comment on that. Because they're very popular. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> Uh, Kim Malik uh, is one of the true wonders of uh, what's happening in Portland. Yeah. Uh, she is a hoot. Um, she, her energy is great. John and I used to um, be her. Well, I used to be her account rep when she first opened the original Salt and Straw, and we spent a lot of time with her staff. But just getting to know her and and um, from the very get go, three years ago, we had a meeting with her and we we're like, Hey, Kim, like we want we want to do Salt and Straw soft serve at uh, Mini Mini. And we started having that conversation, and um, we weren't we weren't ready to do soft serve right when we we opened, and so we came back around. And we're like, so let us have pints, so like, and uh, to be able to share her um, ice cream yeah. and um, the different flavors with another community that yeah. she doesn't have a store in was huge. Yeah, I mean, part of uh, what Mini Mini is is the fact that we love this city, and there are so many people doing amazing things in the city, and we get to yeah. be we get to like bring in these products that we love to talk about. So yeah. Straw is one of those, and you'll see us do more collaborative products where we do something that we take a brand that's awesome, whether it's bunk sandwiches or salt and straw, and then we we kind of put it through the lens of a convenience store and take something that you might you might think is a little sketch if you go somewhere and pull it off a shelf, right? But it's it's made by this incredible uh, business, and so we get to like have a little bit of fun with it. Let's yeah. take these things that are traditionally viewed as just you know you might not you might not eat them every day right, right. Uh, if you pick up a sandwich at a convenience store or whatever they're selling like a, a hot dog on a roller or something right and let's yeah. re-envision that and make it something that you want to eat but is playful and fun yeah I didn't see any year old hot dogs out there so <laughs> right I was just going to say it's it's with, with the people who are who are serving you and having the the I wouldn't say limited stock but very defined and uh, have, having a limited stock but uh, it seems as if you know the, the people you, who you work with can talk about it. They know the product and they can communicate that to the, the people who come in. So you know. Now, Dan, you were talking about the aesthetic of the yeah. store, mm-hmm. and I really loved the the description you gave of the aesthetic of the store. <laughs> what? Oh, that it was like a it's like a Damien Hurst installation, <laughs> right? It's like farm. It's the pharmacy installation. It's it's great. I mean, I, I I love Damien Hirst, so you know that's that's a big thing for me. But you know the way that everything is very clean, and you you have made sort of you don't stack up high and you know sell cheap or whatever. It's not that kind of big bulk store. It's like the the, the opposite of that, and that fan, is fantastically. It is, and you know you go to Starbucks, you can barely even see the cashier because there's so much Junk. product. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's so much junk and there's so many things that you don't need and the yeah. whole goal. And this is the, the part of the convenience store model that we wanted to have no part of, which was the whole goal is to get you to buy that one random thing once a quarter. And we said, let's get rid of everything that doesn't move. And so 80% of a standard convenience store is random grocery things that they're gambling that maybe you'll need once in a while. Yeah. And we said, let's get rid of that. That's the stuff that freaks people out. Yeah. Um, 
do we you know Emergency we supplies. we do yeah um we have a little bit of it we but it's all the way in the back and there's just one shelf of it everything else is like um built to sustain you yeah. and get you to where you're going yeah it really has that feel of a curated experience that's a that's a mm-hmm. phrase that dan used that's why he's such a great guy to have do interviews. Did you have a comment about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely are very careful not to have to, to be along the, these like boutique stores where you know you have one a whole white room with one product, right? Like we're not trying to go in that direction, but we realize that we, there's so many products in a normal convenience store that we just don't need, right? So let's boil it down and let's keep listening to the neighborhood. We'll bring in things the neighborhood wants. If we open, you know, as we open new locations, like the neighborhood is going to want, you know, a different set of products, right? Um, but one of the things about our, our staff knowing the products is, you know, we encourage them if they haven't tried one of the products to open it up, taste it, and then sample it. Like We, we did that this weekend, me and my girlfriend. We, uh, she was curious about one of the drinks. She opened it up, and I, I ended up paying for it because I'm the boyfriend. So, yeah. <laughs> well, of course, of course. Well, our, you know, everybody don't take advantage. But our policy is that um, if you pick something up and you've never seen it before, like we'll open it and and we'll try it. Yeah, with you. you really will. And um, that is one of those things that um, a lot of places don't do. And no. if it's on our shelf. Nowhere um, does that actually. Yeah, nowhere does that. If if it's on our shelves, you can guarantee that either John or I have had it, and we're vouching for it. I was going to say you touched on opening up other stores, and I've, perhaps we can move on to that. Perhaps you could tell us your vision, perhaps for your empire. Do you, you, <laughs> do you, do you are you um, envisioning having a store in every corner, or do you want to keep it very sort of, you know, localized? Well. You know, we want we want Mini Mini to expand. Like we have a pretty killer team, and it, it is a, a super group of Portland business. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, you've done you've really done a good job assembling the team. I do want to ask you about that. How the this whole story of yeah. how you guys all got together, this super group. Yeah, a common interest in having a better convenience store, yeah. I think. But uh, right. but yeah, we we plan to expand, and we really think that uh, Portland could use you know five to eight of these stores. I agree. Um, I agree. And really our goal is, like, we want to redefine what a convenience store is like. And so, you know, we have to expand to do that. The element of us coming together was just a a complete fluke. And um, John and I... I've heard a bit of this story. This is an epic story of the beginning of Mini Mini. Oh, my goodness. A couple of mats involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, John and I, uh, I, I finished the first business plan four years ago to this month. And I pitched it to John, and I was like, you're going to think I'm crazy. Just hear me out. Like, I get it. Convenience stores aren't sexy. And he was like, wait a second. Let's talk about the numbers. Let's talk about, is this real? And so we got into it, and we started raising money. We started uh, bringing people on board. And on a fluke, one of our friends, uh, one of the roasters at Cova said, oh. And so the name that we were going to call it was The Mini. And one of our friends was like, oh, is that the place on Burnside? And we were like, wait, what What place on Burnside? He's like, the, the sizzle pie guys are doing. And I was devastated. I was like, what are you talking about? And they had leased this location and got a liquor license um, and posted it as mini mini. Oh, wow. And I was like, but we've done all this work. And then it, it was like, wait a second. We know people who work over there. Let's take a meeting. Like, let's talk. 
And so we grabbed a meeting with him. Well, so uh, one of our good buddies, Bob Payton, used to uh, do operations for Stumptown and worked with us while we were there. Um, and so for us, uh, we were just reached out to Bob and we're like, Bob, is this true? Are they doing to do a convenience store called mini mini? He's like, yeah. And I was like, dude, we're doing one called the mini. And he thought we were messing with him. Wow. And I was just like, can you set up a meeting? And he's like, Let serendipitous, the yeah. story. Amazing coincidence. Absolutely. And for them to have a, a space already, um, and for us to have a plan already and then come together and bring, um, uh, very very different qualities and resources to the table yes. um and to be able to put it together has been absolutely huge and, and then of course because of that relationship that's how we got connected to aaron draplin um that's i mean that's how so many of these pieces have been able to come together yeah. and you got a great write-up in the willamette week are you pleased with that write-up or not yeah, we really are. I mean, we, having been in the coffee industry and, and the food service industry, know that sometimes the Willamette Week can really, uh, you know, pack a punch in some of the things they say. So the way that, that they talked about the store, we, we felt we felt pretty flattered. They basically were saying, like, yeah, maybe it's, like, labeled as a hipster convenience store, which I don't know that we would agree with that. But, I would not agree with that. Yeah, but they're like – but it's kind of awesome and it has everything you want. So it's that guilty pleasure where people want to label us as this convenience store for hipsters. Sometimes you just get cold shouldered by the press entirely. And John and I, uh, we own a, a, a coffee shop in St. John's called the great North. And you, um, we opened it in January and, um, it was, uh, it was a passion project for us in that neighborhood and the community that's there, but literally like no fanfare. It's just, we make delicious coffee and we take care of the people who live there and nobody said anything. So to have folks come out of the woodwork that we like, we didn't call, they just showed up and, and start talking to us and care about it is really neat. The Great North, can you tell us about that? Uh, the Great North, uh, it's in St. John's, it's on North Burlington, it's right in the heart of the city. Um, John and I uh, came upon it kind of, uh, kind of on the fluke while uh, it's right across from our favorite tacos in the city at uh, Santa Cruz. And, Oh, I know that. I know oh, that spot. It's right It's right across the street. And a guy's night for John and I is you get tacos, you go to the St. John's uh, Theater, and you watch a movie, and then you go back and get more tacos. Right. And right across the street was this uh, – it was an old cafe that had closed. Yeah. And so um, we just basically said, hey, what would it take um, to get into this space? And in the course of 10 days, we were able to negotiate a lease – buy the the um, equipment that was in it and reopen uh four days later and it it was super quick different than the four-year journey of many many um but immediately being able to serve this community that needed a shop that um, really felt um, community-based felt good for kids felt good for uh older folks as well as just like normal working class people yeah, we've been, I mean, we've been around the block in coffee, so this shop for us is all about serving really high-quality coffee day in, day out to everyone in that neighborhood. So it's been a really interesting venture for us because we've been part of, you know, a lot of these coffee companies that have really amazing build-outs, huge brands. And so, you know, taking this over is basically like, we can't not do this. Like, this this has to be here. St. John's just needs better coffee somewhere. And we know so many people in the industry that want to be a part of our team there. Uh, and so, yeah, it just it all kind of worked out. Yeah, I mean, uh, the reinvention of coffee has happened 
and it's continuing to happen, but this is totally a new, it's a new universe. Nobody has tried this before. You seem like pioneers. I think one of the things that is striking people, um, uh, I mean, nobody thought it was possible, right? Like, you know what a convenience store is, and nobody wants to touch it. A nightmare. <laughs> it's, they're, they're a nightmare, and they're going to make you sick, um, is, is the fear, right? Now, don't get me wrong. You go into 7-Eleven these days, and they're very, very clean. But you still have in the back of the head, in the back of your mind, that it's a convenience store. This might get you. I think it's up there on, you know, high on the list of one of the least sexy things you can imagine, right? Like, of all the things you could spend your time doing or going into business, like Portland, we love crafted products. We love all, all these people putting in tons of work into what they're doing. And no one wants to touch a convenience store with a 10-foot pole, right? It's just, it's not sexy. But for us, it's been a lot of fun, like, re rethinking how a convenience store can actually be and bringing in products that we do love, so. When, when you eat a convenience store, you, you it's a desperate measure, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like the last resort, whereas you seem to be bringing something completely different to the table. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'd like to ask you both about your partners, because they're not here. And I'm very curious about these guys. Like, what are these guys like? The, the, the people behind this adventure you're on, this you're breaking new ground, right? Yeah. Um, so Matt J- Jacobson right. and Mikey McKennedy, uh, they're the founders of uh, Sizzle Pie. Yeah. Um, they founded Sizzle Pie. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, I mean, so they, they own it. It's their baby. Yeah. Um, Mikey is heavily uh, involved in... Uh, expansion and social media. Uh, he ran the ops for the company for a really long time. Uh, he's involved in uh, recipes and like what's the next steps as they're expanding. Um, Matt Jacobson uh, behind the scenes uh, a lot of the time is doing the um, the, the Matt, Jacobson. Matt Jacobson, yeah, and uh, he's doing the well. How do we get into the next city? How do we uh, negotiate the next lease? Uh, what's what's the the next steps for building this brand. And he's really been huge in, in um, helping us, whether it's find the right contractors, find um, the right vendors. When there's a problem that we hit, typically one of those two dudes knows whose button to push to get something to actually come through to help us out. Um, for us, uh, John and I, we do uh, the operations and we do the day-to-day and we're, we're running this thing. But they give us access um, to so much structural support. Um, so we're not having to gamble on, well, did we, did we fill out all the paperwork right? Did we do the accounting right? Did we get the taxes right? Like, we have the experts behind it who have already done this for other businesses. Yeah. You know, when I came here the first time, there was a taste test going on <laughs> for the Hot Pockets. Yeah. So there's a lot of thought put into that. Can you explain a, a bit more how these hot pockets can of begin? I mean, I can't. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a big fan of the hot pockets. Yeah. Um, well, Sizzle Pie deserves all the credit for those, um, and and they. Uh, who specifically came up with that idea? Um, it was their development team. So there's another there's another Mikey um, that's involved in the company, and a guy oh, okay. named Donovan, and so. You know, their, their team was a lot of taste testing, figuring out how it's going to work and how specifically it's going to work on the oven that we have, which is a Turbo Chef oven, uh, which is pretty... I, I want one right now, actually. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're really good. Like, I eat them all the time. The breakfast pizza pocket, you know... Your staff eats them, too. Your staff was <laughs> bragging how good they were. Yeah, they're, re- they're really amazing. So, 
Uh, Sizzle Pie deserves a ton of credit for that. But for us, everything we put across that's fresh, like, has to pass our test of is it delicious, yeah. right? And there's a lot of package things that, you know, you're going to eat it depending on the situation you're in, right? How drunk are you? Uh, when are you coming in? What else are you buying, right? But all the fresh stuff just has to be a, has to be really delicious. It doesn't have to be really fancy, but it has to be delicious. So. Exactly. Everything's delicious. You know what? You're playing Tits for Fears. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Hey, that's not a 7-Eleven experience right there. <laughs> Down to the music. It's curated, right? You're yep. thinking about the whole experience and the music to the sales. Yeah. Um, who is in tr- now, c- coming back to the curation of things? You, you have a l- you have a limited stock of wine and beer. Who makes that decision of which beer is going to be featured? And do you have, do you have arguments about it? Is there a discussion about it? Do you fight? Do you fist fight? Uh, nobody fist fights me because I'll win. Um, it's something about being the most angry redheaded guy in the room. Uh, no, uh, I so all the packaged goods. Um, that's my baby. So. Um, whether and I actually I love beverages. I, I you know um, bourbon's my true love, but a really nice tea, a really nice soda, a kombucha, um, beer of course. Um, kombucha on tap, by the way. Kombucha on tap from Lionheart, one of the best companies in the city. Really, really excellent people behind it. Um, but to be able to taste all those things and and bring those in was a passion of mine. The packaged goods, I'm also 10 times more likely to snack than John is. Um, And then, so what we did was we basically divided it um, where John is uh, uh, fresh foods and the things that uh, we're going to cook, the the pastries we're going to bring in, the things that are are on tap, we kind of collaborate on because we want to feature bottle versions as well. Um, It's evolving. It's always evolving. We're always asking people, well, what, what do you want? I noticed that you like have the best bagels, Bowery bagels, are the best bagels in the city. I mean, so so much better than every every other bagel in the city. It's amazing. It's, well, it's they're great. boiled. They're boiled, New York style. Yeah. And we have like the one of the best ovens to to actually cook the like to uh, toast those bagels, which is pretty awesome. So our oven is. It's like an $8,000 oven. It's called a Turbo Chef, and it has a catalytic converter in it inside of it so that uh, it doesn't really smoke. But they're pretty amazing pieces of equipment, and that's what allowed us. You know, we, it was a big investment to, to purchase that, but it allows us to have really amazing breakfast sandwiches, really amazing uh, quickie pies from Sizzle Pie, and then we can also do all the little things like, you know, toast our bagels with it, and it comes out arguably better than uh, you would have with a conventional toaster. Really? Arguably better than in a conventional toaster oven, this yeah. thing? Yeah, it just, you know, with a Turbo Chef, you're able to control the convection heat from the top, bottom, oh, and the microwave heat, so you can create recipes. And we also have, you know, fresh food from uh, Molly's is a is a, uh, a company out that actually is oh, based out of great. Seattle. Oh, my God. Oh, my and God. And then... Uh, Pure Simple is another company that's a small local company that really focuses on uh, vegan, gluten-free, and raw food. But you wouldn't necessarily, like, label it that way if you didn't know because it's just all delicious. And their sandwiches are, like, amazing when you put them through the the oven. I believe you. It's another thing that sets you apart because usually you expect a compromise when you go into a a store, a convenience store. There's no no compromise here. It's all fantastic food. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, just the way that you choose a limited selection of each item but everything's curated yeah. and thought about. 
And you know what? As much as the word fantastic is overrated, and it's a word we've used a lot today, I think this story is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a lot of work. <laughs> Four years of work. Four years of work. But I got to say, like, it's so awesome for me to be able to come in here in the morning and uh, immediately know that, like, everything in here I will eat. <laughs> everything in here I will drink. There's not a single thing where I see it and I'm like bummed. I'm like, oh, that's not like really that thing. Like if it sucks, I'm throwing it out. Like we're not doing it. Yeah. Um, and that was really hard in a beer city too, because sometimes it wasn't a matter of did it suck. It was a matter of like, well, I have these four IPAs and they're really delicious. I don't need more. Um, yeah. 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 Selection can sometimes be a little bit overrated, right? You can have so many items that it actually makes it a lot less convenient for you to pick something. So our goal is, uh, you know, to just just limit things, like limit it to like what do you need in all these categories? And we're still working that out, and we're still refining it, and we're gonna make it better. Like you can you can bet on us that it's just gonna get better. The fresh food, the selection of beer, like what we're serving. We have a lot of stuff in work in the works with. Uh, one of them with nongs and bunk sandwiches to bring in some fun new items. We're thinking about doing a, uh, you know, make your own six pack. That's going to be pretty cool. Uh, so, no, I really appreciate the single roll of toilet paper because you never know. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that the, the limited square footage really sort of liberates you in a way. It's like I can't stack millions of, of types of beer, so I'm kind of forced into making these the, these choices, and so you. You know, it, it helps you along the way to, to, to have that limitation, you know. I, I, I just wanted to actually touch on that meeting that you had initially. When you, when you, when Mini Mini met um, the Mini, was there a shared vision to begin with? Or did you have to sort of like convince each other of, of how things were going to go? That's a very good question. Who wants to tackle that one? Oh my oh. God. <laughs> You know, I, I think, honestly, we went into the meeting, you know, with them being like, let's feel it out. But there is no way in hell we're going to partner up. Like, there's just – there are so many barriers yeah. to having something like that happen um, financially, uh, like legal documents and papers, right? And then as we started meeting, we probably took 10 meetings before we actually, you know, kind of signed an agreement that we that we had for our partnership agreement. And as we started meeting with these guys, and we're like, man, these guys are just like us. They love yeah. this city. They just want to be a part of things that are awesome. They have, you know, a similar vision for doing a really rad convenience store. And we will do so much better together than we would do competing against each other. And that's really what, uh, you know, sealed the deal for us is, like, actually just just the, the people. You know, Matt and Mikey are really good, genuine people. And everyone as a part of this ownership team has cut their teeth, you know, at the very bottom. So there's no one coming in with just high-flying money saying, like, we've never worked a day in our lives. Like, like we, we have all worked really hard in everything else we've done, and yeah. what we're wanting to do is apply that to something new. That's great. What a great story. What a great story. I'm so glad we got to do this. It's so much fun. It was great meeting you guys, and best of luck in the future. I'm really excited to see how this, how this progresses.